I V M. Here's your smart fact of the day. Do you know what a cargo cult is? It's a very interesting phenomenon. Now I will not get too much into the details of what it is from a theoretical or academic perspective, but let me just give you what it stood for and how it started. Now there were a lot of isolated and pre-industrial island cultures that were lacking technology. They found soldiers and supplies arriving suddenly in large numbers often by airdrop. This typically happened in wars like World War 1, 2, etc. After the war, the soldiers departed. In the meantime, they would trade with the islanders and stuff like that, give them what goodies they had. This, you know, made people actually behave differently on the island. Cargo cults arose attempting to imitate the behavior of the soldiers, the the soldiers who have departed, thinking this would cause the soldiers and their cargo to return. Some cult behaviors involved the mimicking of day-to-day activities and dress styles of soldiers such as performing parade ground drills with wooden and salvaged rifles. Now you might laugh at this, but i believe that sometimes whenever we are working or we are part of teams or part of you know groups we all behave as if we are part of a cargo cult let's figure this one out now let's deconstruct this cargo cult what is happening is that these islanders who have not been exposed to a certain way of life some different looking soldiers coming in onto their island with a lot of technology and goodies that were not immediately available to them must have seemed like amazing right they came across as gods and when they interacted and traded with them everything was hunky dory suddenly the life experience probably was different better for some islanders etc i don't know and then they left and then desperately the islanders wanted them back in this desperation they started trying to correlate something which was not there and when you try and correlate something that was not there you try and kind of become a little superstitious about it right you try to make things happen when you know by magic so you try to have a ritual based on that magic so these islanders decided to imitate the behavior of these soldiers started marching around and uh, as if they were soldiers believing that this will get the soldiers back now if you think this is an isolated incident and it does not bear anything on your life think again let me make a different case for you let's build this up and let's figure out whether it is impacting our lives or not here's another example and this came from osho rajneesh actually who was talking about a master who was known for his meditation so he was so beautiful in his meditation practice so all those people who used to his disciples you know uh, came from far and wide just to sit in his temple and meditate with this master this master had this amazing uh, you know uh, way in which he made everybody calm and everybody decided to enjoy that meditation what used to happen also was that the master had this beautiful little cat uh, kitten you know the cat became bigger and bigger as the meditation uh, thing progressed over a few months maybe a year or two years and the cat was uh, you know used to sit next to the master when the master was meditating and everybody loved the cat now the master died and everybody was now suddenly you know aghast how are they going to meditate as well when the master is gone but they said oh okay let's try to do it again and they tried to do it again but there was no cat there 
So they said, oh, this meditation is missing something. Let's get the cat. So they got the cat and suddenly some placebo effect must have happened and everybody meditated better that day. Now, this led to a further increase in the cat being there during meditation times, leading to the fact that the cat became an integral part of this meditation practice. Now, the cat died. So, again, people who were meditating became very, had become very attached to the cat. So, they created a small statue of the cat. Now, these guys started meditating with the cat statue. Now, imagine, this goes further. These people left, new people came in, they saw this statue of a cat and they said that this is special and this is required for this meditative practice in order to reach those realms of bliss. Just see how this has progressed from a simple act of a master knowing how to meditate to this cat to where this becomes a sort of a cult focused around the statue of a cat. Now, let's take another example. This one is of cricket and it's a very personal example. I used to play a lot of very competitive cricket at a young age. And during that competitive nature of, uh, you know, examine, you're being examined every single day when you're playing cricket. So when you step out on the ground and especially if you're batting, you have a certain ritual that you, you know, go through. You don't know whether you're doing it. So you put your left pad first and your right pad next and then your abdominal guard and so on and so forth. And there's a certain routine that you've set. Because I realized that all cricketers have a routine which is different from one another. But the fact is that everyone, almost everyone had a routine. Now that routine extended to wearing of rings or chains or whatever it may be. And it almost, or in fact, absolutely bordered on the superstitious. And one fine day, I realized that this is actually inhibiting me from playing my natural game because I was so dependent upon my own ritual, upon my own cargo cult behavior in order, you know, for me to do something good on the field. Having quit the game of cricket and thinking about it in hindsight, I realized that any sport or any game is one where you start doing this very easily and very naturally. So why do we do that? The reason why most sportsmen fall prey to this is because they are now getting into a routine that they had followed when they had made a big score or they had taken a lot of wickets, especially if you're a cricketer. Now, the funny thing is that this routine has got nothing to do with their performance on the field, but they make it an integral part of it because they know that on the field, things are so uncertain and the future is so uncertain and everything can be over in the blink of an eye so that they are trying to control what is actually not very controllable by creating a ritual that is correlation but not causation. Now ask yourself this question. How many of us actually correlate so many unnecessary things in the processes that we put in at our work or even in our life? So we actually take some process that has worked for us and we follow those steps blindly because of that cargo cult behavior, that behavior that is designed to control, you know, what is actually inherently uncontrollable, which our mind knows, but we are trying to do that in any case. And therefore, a lot of inefficiencies creep up into the process. Actually, the process at its very initiation is very simple. Whatever it may be, it may be a marketing process, it may be a HR process, it may be something operational, it may be something to do with, you know, you taking care of your garden, if, if you're talking of personal life. But if you focus on 
the work part of it you're working in teams maybe the whole team starts following a particular routine even if the boss leaves the new boss comes in and he's alarmed to see such an inefficient process going on he sets up his own process that boss leaves and you have another inefficiency uh, sort of uh, driven process creeping up this seems to be human nature and it becomes extremely important for us to identify all of our processes and identifying all the unnecessary or inefficient parts of the process and asking ourselves are we doing this just because it is correlated to success and correlation is not causation and that is the most important thing that i'd like to share with you in this episode of smarter with sid because if i look at the fact that lot of things can be correlated but can be eliminated the causation will increase you will actually succeed if you get rid of the cargo cultist behavior that does creep in into an individual or even at a team level what do you guys think i hope you like this particular episode of smarter with said the whole idea is to identify different quirks of human behavior and their impact on the landscape all around us figure out whether it impacts trends it impacts stuff like you know marketing sales hr operations even life the idea is to get 1% smarter i'm getting smarter along with you and not at your expense nor am i trying to teach from a pulpit we are all discovering this stuff together Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you like stuff like this, well, there's much more, much more on IVM podcast that you can go to and listen. And if you like the stuff that I'm putting out there, do go and connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn and on Instagram. And until next time, then. Bye.